Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Fortman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center, One Church in Global Locations. To find out more about Bishop Fortman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. I am unconditionally loved by God and at harvest. I come to God as I am, but I won't stay as I am because the life-giving message I'll receive will make me more like the great I am. I'm on 10 and I win in Jesus' name. Remain standing. I want you to go. uh, I want you to go. I want you to go. I think it's a shift. Go go, go to Hebrews 9 and 11. Hebrews 9 and 11. (laughs) Hebrews 9 and 11. I'm going to try it at this one. I know God likes likes coffee. Say, how you know, Bishop? Because Hebrews. Went over a little bit better with y'all. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Hebrews 9 11, Hebrews 9 11. Now, listen, some of y'all, maybe this is your first time in church, maybe it's your first time in harvest. We have fun in church. So if you just want to come and look like you constipated and you had some prune juice this morning, you're going to need to go and get loose. Does name say, go and get loose. Why, why? Because watch this. We got a lot to celebrate. Our God has been good. He's opened doors. He's made ways. And truth be told, out of all the hell you've been through this year, you should have lost your mind. You should have thrown in the towel. You should be in an insane asylum somewhere, but you're still here. You're still standing, and you're getting ready to step into your banner year, your best year yet. <laughs> Hebrews 9, 11, But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but now with his own blood entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal salvation. Say he was bloody. He was broken to be the best. I says, lay your hands on yourself. Say your name. Say this year, you've been bloodied. You've been broken, but it made you the best. 
Father, I pray now that you would speak to us in this place. Customize, Taylor, make this word for us, your people, that we would move and walk in what you have ordained. We are evolving. That is, we are becoming better versions of ourselves than we have ever been. And everything that has transpired this year has all been part of a divine setup in order to get us from the lower levels of life to the best levels of life. We are evolutionaries. And so we thank you that even what broke us and even what bloodied us was really just making us the best. And we thank you that it is so. So in Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, high five, two or three people say bloody and broken to be the blessed. Bloody and broken to be the best. Now, uh, we've been in a message series at Harvest this month called The Misrepresentation of Jesus to get the facts about Jesus and even dive into some taboo, tab, taboo topics to see the real Jesus so we can see the real us. And let's face it, today is Christmas. And no, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th, but it is the day that the entire world sets aside to honor his birth. That's why the scripture says every knee should bow and every tongue would confess. Because notice today, even atheists got to bow. Even agnostics got to bow. Even folk who talk about you for loving God got to bow. Why? Because the whole world sets this day aside to honor that day. Now watch this. The origin of what we now call Christmas was really a pagan festival to honor the Roman fire god Saturn. And it was a time of lawlessness, promiscuity, and the worship of false gods and idols, and even child sacrifice until it was Christianized to take the focus off of foolishness and put it on Jesus. And what you and I should love about Jesus is that just like he did for this holiday, he can do the same for us. He can take something ridiculous as that and redeem it, then reverse it. Is there anybody in here that that's been your story? Is that you were ridiculous and can the truth be told you still got some areas of your life where there's some ridiculousness but our God he redeems us and then he reverses us which means I may have done everything you said that I did but I'm not who you say that I am I was ridiculous but I've been redeemed and I dare you to just do that hand movement with me I've been redeemed and reversed see I used to be blank but he made me a blank I've been redeemed and reversed you used to be out in the clubs now you're more than a conqueror you've been redeemed and I'm not saying nothing you used to have low self esteem but now God has raised you up to be an eagle to be a lion chaser a curse breaker say I've been redeemed and reversed so watch this now, Matthew 1, 21, it says this, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Say God with us. Now, I need you to understand this. Please understand, when we talk about God, and even we use the term Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, I need you to understand God is one. There are not three separate beings. There are not three separate people. It is just like you may be a mother, but you are also uh, a daughter, and you're also an employee. But there's one you. There's not three you. There are just simply three manifestations or demonstrations of the same you. Check it out. God is the same way. Deuteronomy 6, 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Which means when we talk about Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, we're not talking about three different people. We're talking about one God that is to manifest himself in three ways see I got water but that water can be ice and that water can also be steam but it's still water are you still here so check it out and his name shall be called Emmanuel which is God with us now notice what it says it says he's going to uh, save his people from their sins look at Luke 132 he will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Check it out. Uh, in other words, when Jesus, when God stepped in a body and that body was called Jesus, that body became a man to teach us how to be a man. But when he was born, he was a big deal. 
so much of a big deal, uh, he had to tell his mama how much of a big deal he was going to be because she might have thought he was just some average somebody that was just born to pay bills and die. But he said, don't get it twisted. He's a big deal. Would you touch your neighbor and just high five him and say, you're sitting next to a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your whole life, people have been trying to suppress the greatness that God has placed in you. But you need to know when you were born, a big deal was born. Matter of fact, let me remind you of who you are. You are the interruption to the dysfunction of your bloodline. You are the curse breaker in your bloodline. That's why you always felt like you never fit with certain groups of people. Because you weren't sent to fit. You were sent to change the game. Would you high five your neighbor and say, I'm kind of a big deal? The world sets today aside to honor when God stepped into a body to become a man to show us how to be a man. But he is no ordinary man. He is the anthropos. Uh, that is the conjunction now of two words. Theos, which means deity or God. And anthropos, which means man. So he's the God man. 100% God. At the same time, he's 100% man. He is 100% divine. And at the same time, he's 100% finite. He's got one nature that tells him he's great. He's got another nature that reminds him of all of his mess ups. He's got one nature. Y'all not saying nothing. He's got one nature that says you're king of kings and lord of lords another nature that says why are you trying to be so grand he's got one okay you got one nature that says you're sent here to change the game and another nature that's trying to keep him locked up in the game y'all not saying nothing that's who he is say he was no ordinary man say he was an evolutionary Okay, no, you, you need to understand that. You need to understand that. I, I want to give you this term, evolutionary. When Jesus was born, an evolutionary was born. And when you were born, an evolutionary was born. Watch this. There is a history of you that predates your birth date. That's discovered in the narrative of Jeremiah. Watch this. Uh, it, in Jeremiah, it says, Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Which means before you ever got a body, you were a spirit. And that spirit was with God. And when God looked at the earth, he said, now it's time for me to send you. Because there's some stuff going on in the world I'm sending you to be the answer to. Let me help you understand something. The problems you're complaining about are the problems you're sent to solve. You missed it. You missed it. Which means before you got here, God says, I have ordained you and sanctified you. I've, I've set you apart uh, so that when you are sent to the earth, you're going to be sent for the time you're needed the most. Say, I'm needed now. Uh, that's why you couldn't be aborted. That's why you could, that cancer couldn't take you out. That's why that accident couldn't take you out. Because God says, I need you in the earth. Because there's some lives that need changing. You need to know your whole life is not about you. Stop sitting on your blessed assurance, being so selfish and self-occupied. God didn't send you just to do your own thing. He sent you to use your life so that you could change the lives of other people. You were formed by God, Jeremiah teaches us, and sent to the earth for the time you'd be needed the most. And that's why, like Jesus, against all odds, you had to be here. And we weren't sent to spark a revival because that's to bring something that's dead back to life, which is really a seance. If you've been in church for any amount of time, you've heard people talk about, oh, we just need a revival. No, we don't. To revive means to bring something that was dead back to life. And the problem with revival is who killed it? God ain't trying to go back to the book of Acts. No, what he wants to do with us, the scripture says, is greater works, which means Acts ain't got nothing on what we about to do. I, okay, I, I want to preach it here. Touch your neighbor and say, we don't need a revival. Say, we don't even need a revolution. See, a revolution is good, but a revolution just means a sudden or drastic change, but that change could be negative. No, uh, a revolution is good, but what we really need is an evolution. Say, I'm an evolutionary. 
See, evolution means development, advancement, growth, to rise, to progress, to expand, to unfold, to transform. It's a process of change in a certain direction, a process of continuous change from the lower, simpler, or worse state to a higher, more complex, or better state. Watch this. Jesus came as a child but involved into the Christ. And he came as a child but he evolved into the champion. You were a blank, but this year has made you evolve into a fill in the blank. Now, don't confuse this with the preposterous non-factual theory of human evolution that postulates we evolved from slime into monkeys into human beings after a big bang. Because if that's true, well, then who set off the bang? Are you still here? Say, Jesus evolved. Now, here's what I need you to see. Uh, at the first experience, I encourage you to get that. I talked about how Jesus evolved from a baby. He goes from a baby to a child. He goes from a child to a team, and he was different. He was an evolutionary. His life now had many of the different uh, uh, nuances and many of the vicissitudes. That is problems or issues that you and I face. See, Jesus uh, had to come. God had to come in a body so that he'd understand what it is like to be a man. That's why he humbled himself to do it. He says, so that way when you pray to me, you're not praying to me, and I don't get it. Touch your neighbor and say, God gets it. See, all the stuff you've been complaining about, all the stuff you've been mad about, all the stuff you've been going through, and you sin like, God, you don't understand. God is like, no, you have no clue just how much I understand. And since I was an evolutionary, when you were born, you are an evolutionary. High five your neighbors say, I'm kind of a big deal. That's not arrogant. You just need to be aware. And matter of fact, let me say this. When you start becoming aware of who it is that God sent you to be, you will be accused of being arrogant. So let me help you. When they say arrogant, say thank you. You just proved to me that I'm finally doing what it was I was sent to do. Now, now, now watch this. So I encourage you to get that message, but I want to take a slightly different twist in this 1115 in worship experience. Jesus, as an evolutionary, the scripture says in Philippians that he would be given a name that is above every name. Now, the scripture suggests that he had to earn that. He's 100% God, so he is that. But his humanity has to go through process to earn that. Easy to catch it. There is stuff you've decreed over your life, and the scripture says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat its fruit, which means when I speak great things, I can call things that be not as though they were, and the scripture says it's as good as done once I say it. However, there is a process I have to endure in order to make it manifest. That process is the process of evolution, and this year you have evolved. Let's tell the truth. You're not the same you you were in January. I wish I had some witnesses in here. You are not the same you you were in February. Truth be told, if some stuff, the stuff you've been dealing with lately had happened to you earlier this year, you would have cut somebody. You would have cut somebody out. Y'all not saying nothing, but you have evolved. Touch your neighbor, say, I've evolved. Now watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. The book says that he was given a name that is above every name. And on this day, whether you like that name, hate that name, love that name, don't believe in that name, you can't go to the store. Because of that name. Whether you like that name, whether you believe in that name, whether you think he came or not, it don't matter because on this day, you still have to bow the knee to that name. What I love about God is God says, you ain't hurting me by talking about me. God says, I'll make a day where you have to bow the knee. That's why you should never get into foolish disputes with unbelievers on your job and foolish disputes with family members. I ain't got no, I, he ain't got nothing to prove to you. When he came, he proved everything that needed to be proved. 
Why isn't Muhammad that name? Because it's not. Why isn't Buddha that name? Because it's not. Buddha is nothing more than an excuse for eating too much and trying to justify it. Big old. Why isn't Gandhi that name? Why isn't Trump that name? Bless God. Why isn't Rockefeller that name? Because they didn't pay what he paid. I'm going to help you understand something. Genesis 12, touch your say, stay with Bishop. Genesis 12 says that when God sends you to the earth, that he told Abraham, he says, I'm going to make your name great. Now, here's the deal. We all like the thought of being great, don't we? I mean, everybody likes that. We all like to go, oh, I'm a boss, I'm a this, I'm a this, I'm a this. We all like that, not realizing there is a price to be paid for that. See, God's love is free. Greatness has a fee. God's love is free. Favor has a fee. Now, now, now watch this. Philippians 2.5. It says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. Look at me. Let me tell you what happened to you this year. This year, your reputation was challenged. See, See, your character is who you really are. Your reputation is what people believe about you. And if you'll just be honest, this year, some of the stuff that really messed with you is because they tried to mess with your rep. Okay, y'all not going to say that. They tried to change the narrative and change the story to try to make it look like it wasn't what it was. Do I have any witnesses here? Watch this now. Jesus said he didn't make himself of any reputation. In other words, he says, say what you're going to say, but I'm going to do what I came to do. Talk about me if you want to, but you're going to be talking about me while I'm walking to the bank. Y'all not saying nothing. Lie on me if you want to, but you're going to be lying on me, watching me rule, reign, conquer, and subdue. He said he made of himself no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. So check it out. Let me give you the narrative so you get it. In Philippians now. He's saying, uh, this is the Apostle Paul as he's writing to the church at Philippi. And uh, this was the Philippian jailer that got saved when Paul got locked up. So Paul got locked up. And when Paul got locked up for something that he didn't do and he shouldn't have been locked up for, Paul was able to meet somebody that ended up starting this Philippian church. Which means sometimes got the detours you go through are necessary because there's somebody you're going to meet that's going to do something after their encounter with you. You missed it. You miss it. There's some folk you meet and you were just there to show a seed into them and that seed you sowed into them blossomed into something else that you haven't seen develop yet. Which means to everybody that has some detours this year, don't trip about your detours. Don't be mad about your detours. Just say, it must have been somebody over there that I needed to encounter, that I needed to meet, that I needed to connect with so that I could sow a seed. Watch this. Watch this, verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. What does it say? He humbled himself. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death to the cross. Check it out. At the, 11, at the 915, I talked about the scripture says in Hebrews, it says that, and he learned obedience by the things he suffered. It wasn't the great stuff that taught him to obey. It was the awful stuff. It was the awful stuff. Can I tell you something? It's not the good stuff you go through that makes you. It's the bad stuff you go through that makes you. You've been waiting for the wrong stuff. You've been waiting to be on top of the mountaintop not realizing it's the valley that makes the mountain that much greater. 
Is there anybody in 2016, you had some stuff you suffered through this year, some stuff you went through this year? Well, can I tell you that was the best thing that could have happened to you because it taught you obedience. It taught you to put God first. It taught you to pray. It taught you to worship. It taught you to come to church, y'all. Look, he learned, he became obedient to the point of death, even to the death of the cross. Therefore, verse 9, God has also highly exalted him. And giving him the name which is above every name. That at the name, Jesus, every knee should bow. And then he said, I want to be clear where they're going to be bowing at. Whether they're in heaven, whether they're on earth. And even if they're dead, they're still going to have to bow the knee. Hell is closed today. Now, now, all right, all right. The great pain he conquered gave him a great name. Watch this. This is where you start shouting. The pain you've endured in 2016 was so that that pain could give you a great name. And when I say great name, don't get it twisted thinking I'm talking about fame or fortune or those types of things, cash, cars, and clothes. You should have matured beyond material things by now. I mean a name that when your name is mentioned... Folks don't even want to try to be your enemy because, oh, oh God, just leave them alone because they won't stop until they win. You got to be the kind of person that when you put your feet on the floor, your enemies say, God, dog, they got up again and everything we threw at them didn't stop them. They're like the Energizer Bunny. They just keep going and going and go. Would you high five your neighbor and say, that's a great name? Say 16 was giving me a great name because of all the great pain. So check it out. Watch the shift here. His blood, which was shed on Calvary. See, he didn't stay a baby. He came as a baby, but he didn't stay a baby. Now these props were for the 915, but I'm going to make them work for the 1115. He, he didn't come fully developed. His divinity was, his humanity had to go through process look, look at me you didn't come here fully developed you weren't born fully developed what God said about you was fully developed divinity but you needed to go through process in your humanity see so today everybody's talking about oh sweet baby Jesus he ain't no baby no more started that way God dog you parents I see why y'all be always leaning it ain't no real baby in here, and this thing has got me on, got me on a gangster lean. You understand? <laughs> no, no, I, I see it now. I get it. I catch it. You got to counterbalance it. I get it now. I totally get it. Thank God for King's kids. Praise him. Or strollers. One, two. Watch this. He came as a baby, but say he evolved. Can I ask you a question? How have you been handling the pain you've dealt with? Have you just been acting like a big baby? Bitch, what do you mean big baby? Have you just... Wah, wah, wah. You know how babies do. When babies don't get what they want, they cry. Mm -hmm. How many temper tantrums did you throw with God this year? You prayed Sunday morning, it didn't happen by Sunday night. I'm not going back to church. How many temper tantrums did you throw this year? You know what babies do? Babies, they make messes on themselves and then want other people to clean it up. 
Okay, can we just be honest? Because we've all done it this year. How many messes did you make this year and then get mad at God and say, why haven't you cleaned up my? I was going to say something else. But it's Christmas. Say, I have to evolve. Watch this. Check this out. Say, say I'm evolving. Say, I have evolved. Now, now, check this out. Now, Jesus' blood, which was shed on Calvary, the, we read in Hebrews 9 that it was an instrument of redemption. Redemption means to buy, and it's the greatest price that be, can be paid by any living thing is the shedding of blood. Now, Jesus shed his literal blood. Check it out. This year, you said blood in a figurative sense. How do you shed blood when you're cut, when you're hurt, when you're wounding, when people that should be for you are the ones that actually have the knife in your back. Can we talk about it for just a moment? Well, well, watch this, watch this, watch this. Blood is the greatest price that can be paid by any living thing. Now, here's what that means. Every place Jesus shed his blood, he was literally buying something for us to know that we really have access to life. Now, 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 to know what we've got access to in life, we got to check the receipts of what he bought. But let me flip it and parallel it to you. To know what you have access to in life, you need to check where you shed some blood this year. Bishop, what do you mean? You don't think you went through everything this year just to go through it. Like Jesus, you needed to be bloody and broken. So watch this, watch this. So that now when you look at that problem, you can be like, that ain't nothing. You, you, you missed it. Let, let, me talk, let, let, let me talk over here because the middle section left me hanging. Let me just, let me, maybe y'all won't leave me hanging. Every place you've journeyed this year in life, you were broken and you had some blood. Now, I don't mean literally, I mean figuratively. You get the point? Now, check this out. When you did that, you weren't going through that just to go through that. You were going through that, so now when you look at that, you're not scared by that. The way folk did you this year, if somebody says, I'm just going to walk out, baby, bye, boy. Y'all not saying nothing. Bye, girl. That don't scare me no more because I shed some blood there. Y'all not saying nothing. If somebody says, I'm going to give up on you, that don't scare me no more. I've already had them give up on me, but I'm still standing, still thriving. Just your neighbor say, I shed some blood there. Are you catching this? So Jesus evolves. He goes from a baby into a child, into a teen. You got to get to 915. He evolves. And then he's an adult male. Say he's an adult male. When Jesus is an adult male at age 30, Satan challenges his identity. He says, if you are the son of God, this and this. He says to him, evidently, you're not sure who you are. So I'm going to tempt you with something to see if you'll take lesser when your name qualifies you for greater. This year, you've encountered some stuff where it was a temptation to see if you'd settle for lesser. When God says, this year, I only wanted you to experience greater. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you're missing him. He, he, they challenge his identity now. They try to kill him as a child, all that. You got to get 915, try to do all that. And then as an adult male, Satan challenges his identity. 
when he's, when he's fasting and after he's, and he's in the wilderness 40 days, 40 nights, and then Satan challenges him. But what's really interesting, though, is, is that when you look at your life, if you were to look back, maybe you're past 30, maybe you're approaching 30, you went through some challenges. They call them midlife crises. The reason they call them that is because that's when your identity is challenged. Who are you really? You know who you were. You know what you used to do. But are you aware of who you've evolved into? Yeah, 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 they challenge him. And so now after he passes that test at age 30, we'll get into this more on Wednesday and Sunday. As he passed that test at age 30, he now for three and a half years, he goes into ministry. And we've been talking about that for the last few weeks. He did so well in ministry that one of his guys, who was his chief financial officer, Judas, who held his money, money uh, that Judas was able to steal. And Jesus still had more than enough to get things done, which means Jesus was handling business. Say he handled business. And then after that three and a half years, he's betrayed. And now it's time to go pay the price to get a great name. You, you, you're not hearing me. You're not hearing me. Stay with me. You're not hearing me. He, he had to pay the price to have a great name. It wasn't enough to just holler it in church. He had to go pay the price through process. I need you to catch this. I need you to catch this. I need you to catch this. 2016 has been about you paying the price. All right, let's just get a head start on the new year. And because you were able to successfully pay the price in 16, God says it's payback time in 17. You, 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 you can sit there and look at me like a bump on a log if you want to, or you can receive this for your life. You paid a heavy price in 2016. You almost gave up in 2016. Almost committed suicide in 2016. You paid a price, but now it's time for payback. Watch this. So Jesus, he's got to go shed his blood. See, he sheds his blood. And he sheds his blood in a few places, and I'm almost done. I just want to give you this real quick. I went a different direction than I went in the 915. Watch this. First place is he was circumcised as a child, Luke 2, 21. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Check this out. When Jesus was circumcised as a child, say he shed his blood. Now remember, every place he shed his blood, Hebrew says he was doing what? Redeeming something. He was redeeming it and reversing it. He was buying it back for who? Us. Every place this year you've been broken and bloodied, what you were really doing is you were redeeming something. Y'all ain't catching on to this as fast as I thought. Maybe I should have just preached the other message. Bishop, what are you trying to say? It was good for you to be broken and bloodied this year. Because there's some stuff you prayed for that you hadn't yet accessed because you hadn't paid a price yet. Say, I paid a price this year. Yeah, yeah, people see you shouting in church today, but baby, it was some days you said close the blinds, lock the door. I don't want to get out of my house. I don't want to move. I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. But thanks be to God, you were not built to break. Thanks be to God, God was letting you pay a price so you could have a name that's greater than. Yeah. I says now, he was circumcised. 
Luke 2.21. When eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus. He got a name after he was cut. <laughs> Side note, the name given to the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So notice he was that, but until he was cut and bloodied, he wasn't that. He was, but at the same time, he wasn't. And he's to catch it. There's great things about you that God has declared through his word about you that you've spoken over your own life that is because you've said it. But at the same time, it is not because it's not manifested because you have to go through the process of paying the price. Are you getting this church? Touch your neighbor and say, I've been paying a severe price. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Watch this now. Uh, literally what Jesus was doing was giving us access to the Abrahamic covenant which is initiated in Genesis 12 and circumcision was the, was the sign of that covenant so what he was doing is he was giving us watch this everywhere he shed his blood he was doing what? redeeming everywhere this year you've been bloodied and broken you were really redeeming something you were paying a price to have a great name you catching that? so now you, you watch this next time it's price paying time you ought to be like You do know God don't just let you go through stuff. When he's first, you're not just wasting those days. You're not just wasting that time. He likes to reward people. Bishop, how do you know? Can I just preach like I want to at this 11:15? Because when David went up to fight Goliath, David first said, well, I'll fight him. But first, I want to know what I get if I fight him. Which means God says, I don't have a problem rewarding you as long as you realize there's a price to pay to get to the reward. See, every time you take down a giant, you get some giant spoils. This year, you had some fee five, four farms you had to come against. But God says, you better take that giant down. You better slay that giant because there's a throne for you. You shall be a king and a priest and you shall rule and reign on the earth. Watch. Second place he said his blood was the garden of Gethsemane. In Luke 22 it says, verse 41, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw and he knelt down and prayed saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be what? Done. In essence, watch this. His divinity is like, this is what I was born for. His humanity is like, this hurts. You, you ever been at conflict with you? about what you already know you got to do, but you sitting up acting like you don't know. Okay, y'all not going to say it. You ever sat there just driving in the car, acting dazed and confused, like you don't know what you got to do once you turn them keys off? Y'all not going to say nothing to me. His humanity said, this is going to hurt. His divinity said, but you were born for this. He says, Father, talking to himself, <laughs> but he's showing the process of submission. He says, if it's your will, please take this cup. What's the cup? It's Calvary from me. Nevertheless, not my will, yours be done. Verse 43, then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. Let me tell you why some of y'all have been so weak this year. Because you keep giving God your take this cup, and you never get to the nevertheless. You got six days to give him a Nevertheless. Because in 17, you won't have no time to be wasting. Because when 17 hits, it's going to be wave after wave after wave after wave after wave of blessing and increase and favor. And yeah, you be, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be your banner year. That means your best year yet. 
Touch your neighbor and say, give him your nevertheless. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Watch this. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of what? Blood falling down to the ground. What did he shed? Blood. Where did he shed it? A garden. Who messed up in the beginning? Adam. Where did he mess up? A garden. What did he have? Jesus literally was going through what was called hemotidrosis. It's when times of great fear or stress, your capillaries close up, and when they finally open, um, they burst, uh, burst of blood flows out through your sweat glands. Now watch this. What Jesus was buying, he was buying back the stuff Adam messed up. But watch this. He was also giving us the ability to obey despite pain. We like to be comfortable, but there's no growth in comfort. So check it out. A garden was in Genesis 2.15. It's a place where Adam surrendered his authority and power to Satan. So watch this. John 19, 17 teaches us that Calvary was known by another name in Hebrew called Golgotha, which means it's believed to be the place of Adam's skull. So by doing this there, Jesus was going back to undo what Adam did. Wherever he shed his blood, he was redeeming it, reversing it. Everywhere you've shed some blood and been broken this year, you were redeeming and reversing. Now, I'm going to take this out. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane means oil press. It's where olives are crushed. Anybody use olive oil to cook or eat or dip your bread in with wonderful Italian seasonings? Now, what's this here? Now, you, now, now that came from olives. How, what happened to the olives? They were crushed. Olives are cheap. Olive oil, not so much. Let me tell you something. The crushing you endured in 2016 was actually giving you value. I'm just trying to preach the Bible. See, the olive is cheap. You can get them from 88 cents on a rollback. But the olive oil is expensive because the olive had to pay the price with its life. Somebody in here ought to be encouraged to know that when you were crushed this year, you were going from zero to ten. You were going from the Walmart special to the you can't afford me. Y'all not saying nothing. You were going from the bottom to the top. You were going from below to. Say, I increased my value. You do know if you've ever, if you've ever, if you ever looked at military. We got a lot of military folk in our church and, and all that. Now, here's the with military. They show you their stripes. The, uh, the, their rank you see it so when you see them you know their rank they earn that rank by paying a price let me tell you what this year has been doing you started this year as a private but you've been paying some price this year that got you some stripes that got you some rank let me make it real practical Bishop Foreman what are you trying to say so the next time that depression tries to come for you, it's going to recognize your rank and say, I don't have access to touch them. You like MC Hammer. I'm, you can't touch this. I am unstoppable. I am untouchable. I am unbreakable. Touch your neighbor and say, you earn your stripes. Third place, he says, but I got to quit. Third place. He said his blood was his stripes at the whipping post when they beat him. Came as a baby so he could take a beating. They beat him. Say they beat him. First Peter 2.24 says, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree 
that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Everywhere he shed his blood, he was and reversing it. Come on now. Everywhere he shed his blood, he was redeeming and reversing. Everywhere you shed your blood and been broken this year, you were redeeming and reversing. You were paying a price through pain so you could have a great name. Are you getting this? Now, which means you ought to look back over this year and say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He said, Bishop, what are you saying? Uh, you know, there's that comedian. He writes out thank you notes. You know the, the music he do? You don't know me? That's okay. That's all right. Just play something real nice and cute or something. And he'll start writing his notes. He'll be like, thank you. And then he'll, Jimmy Fallon, that's his name. Jimmy Fallon, you know Jimmy Fallon. He'll say, thank you. And then he'll start writing out weird notes. To, to be, here, here's what you need to do. Some of you just need to write out, thank you, former friend. Thank you for revealing you were fake. I don't have to spend no more money on your tail no more. <laughs> Thank you. Because some of y'all talking about I lost friends. You can't lose a friend. All they did was reveal who they really were. Some of you need to say, Thank you, doctor's report. I appreciate your erudite understanding of the particular condition in which you say it. But when they beat him, they beat him. So with those stripes, I would be healed. So thank you for showing me that he is a healer because I watched him do it for me. Thank you, crazy family members. You are proof I'm the curse breaker. Deuces. All right, y'all not saying nothing. Huh? Just your neighbor say, tell them thank you. You know how to say thank you, Jesus, but can I preach it like a Baptist preacher? But somebody in here needs to say thank you, Judas, because if it wasn't for Judas, I never would have got a great name. With his stripes, 1 Peter 2.24, you were healed. Healed in the Greek language of our New Testament means Cured healed made whole physically and emotionally check this out he was shedding his blood and he humbled himself because he had evolved to the place to where he realized every insult doesn't deserve a response some stuff you need to do like jesus did with judas notice i said this a couple weeks ago but i didn't catch this judas jesus never confronted judas because you don't know who judas is judas is the guy who betrayed jesus but jesus picked him don't have time. Don't have time. See, you pick your own Judases because you decide who you let in your space. You need to be more selective. Stop acting like you're the, you're the super, super Walmart. You got everything and everybody up in your store. Touch your neighbor and say, be selective. See, since y'all not saying nothing, y'all gonna make me... Check it out. See, why didn't he confront Judas? He didn't confront him because you only confront when you care. See, watch this. You only confront when you care. Jesus looked at Judas and said, you really don't think I know what you are? Here's the trip. I'm going to act like I don't. 
but I marked you when you started going over there talking to them. Because how in the heck are you going to be my friend but deal with my enemies? Yeah, I marked you. I sure did mark you. And there wasn't no need of me telling you. I just needed to watch you. Because some folk are scaffolding. They're just there to help you build. Jesus said, I ain't got nothing to say to you, Judas. In fact, when Judas finally showed up, you know what Jesus said to him? Do what you must do and hurry up. Do it quickly. You know what you need to start doing? Some of y'all be dragging stuff out. Some folk you need to call out to church. Look, do whatever you're going to do and hurry up. Because 2017's about to be here. And ain't nobody got time for your half. Oh, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Hurry up. Fourth place was the crown of thorns. I got to quit. I'm out of time. It was the crown of thorns. Say the crown of thorns. John 9 says that they put a twisted, John 19, excuse me, 2 to 3 says they put a crusted crown of thorns on his head and he put, him on, put a purple robe on him. Check it out. Then they said, hell, king of the Jews, and they struck him with their hands. They were mocking him, but as they were mocking him, they were really making him. Let me give you some knowledge here, 1115. Watch this. Whenever you find out what they're mocking you for, you discover where your strength is. So when they mock you for putting God first, that's where your strength is. When they mock you for coming to church, that's where your strength is. Don't let them pull you from your strength. When they mock you for, you're just just so grand. You just be doing too much. That's where my strength is. Whenever you find out what they mock you for, that's what they're making you. So they mocked him, but they were really making him. See, they they were playing with him. I'll put on the purple robe. Jesus like, exactly, I'm royalty. You didn't know? Put on the crown of thorns. He said, yeah, I'm king of kings. I should have a crown. When they said, hell, king of the Jews, he was like, I ain't just king of the Jews. I'm king of the Canaanites, the Jebusites, the Hittites, the Jebusites. I'm king of everybody. I'm your king too. And in three days, you're going to learn. Be careful who you put your foot on. Watch. Watch. Even while ridiculing him, they still called it a crown. <laughs> in other words, he was making us, Revelation 1, 6, and he's made us to be kings and priests. He was, when, everywhere he shed his blood, he was redeeming and reversing. So when they put that crown on him, what was he giving us access to again? To be kings and priests. Say, I'm a king, I'm a king. and a priest. Yes. Say, I'm successful and spiritual. See, for years, you've been misrepresented. Jesus has been misrepresented that somehow God just wants you to be spiritual but suck at every other area of your life. Suck is a Hebrew word for suck. How many of you, when you grew up in church, and that's the image, that's the mentality you got, is that, well, just, you need to be spiritual and don't worry about nothing else. Just be spiritual. Just, baby, just need to pray. The answer to everything was prayer. No, sometimes you need to get up and do something after you pray. No, seriously, just think about it for a moment because I didn't see many hands, but I know that you think that way because I, I know that you think that way. Uh, watch this. In the mind, it's just, well, you know, I'm spiritual, so I don't need to worry about success in no other area of life. So you'd watch people who prayed a lot but didn't have a lot to show. You saw that? You'd watch people that spoke a lot of scripture, but they were meaner than a junkyard dog. Y'all not saying anything. You, you watch people who were spiritual, but they lacked success. Or you saw the inverse where they were successful, but they lacked spirituality. But you and I? We get to be both. It's not either or, it's and. Say, I'm a king and a priest. Now, watch this, watch this. When they put that crown on, that crown 
pierced his eyebrow. How do you know it? Because you put some thorns on your forehead, it's going to pierce your eyebrow. Now, even for those of you that go get them done, and there's a lot of space up in here and over here and all that, it would still pierce your brow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm not saying that negative about that. I'm just making a point. Say, it's going to pierce your brow. Uh, I says, even if you like me and, you, and your head, you know you know stuff because your head has you know, been blessed with a noggin for knowledge of Jesus, brother. Look, 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 look. Say, it pierced his brow. Now, check this out. Now, Genesis 3.19, there was a curse there in, in the garden where God says, Adam, you're going to eat bread, but you're going to do it from the sweat of your brow. He said, you're going to work hard and have little to show. From the sweat of your face or brow, the original version says, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. Out of you are taken, dust you are, dust you return. That's why at, at funerals and all that, they say, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, this is where they get there from. Now, check this out. When the blood was shed there, they thought they were mocking him. But what they didn't understand is when, they, when it pierced his brow and blood was shed there, it was redeeming and reversing the curse spoken to Adam in Genesis 3.19. Which means, watch this. I don't just have to work hard. Now, I don't want you to misinterpret that to think that you shouldn't do hard work. I'm talking about spinning your wheels, being on a treadmill and you ain't going nowhere. Exerting energy, busy but not productive. That's what I mean, okay? Now, he says, when I shed my blood there, I was redeeming that. Check it out. And then that blood ran down from his brow. Hit his eyes. Hit his ears. Hit his nose. Hit his tongue. What does that mean, Bishop? We were redeemed from walking by our senses. So now we can walk by faith. Let me prove it to you. This year... You had to deal with some stuff that your senses told you all kind of stuff. But you said, I choose to believe what God says about him rather than what I see. Because we walk by faith and not by sight, which means senses. I got to finish. Then they pierced his hands, say his hands. In John 20, 25, then the other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So they said to him, unless I see his hands and the print of his nails and put my finger in the print of his nails and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Watch this. This is interesting because uh, in Deuteronomy 30 and 9, it talks about, uh, and the Lord God will make you abundantly prosperous in every work of your hand and the fruit of your body, of your cattle, your land for good. And the Lord will again delight in prospering you as he took delight in your, fo- uh, in your followers. Say it out. So when they pierced his hands, now there's been controversy through the years about whether or not his hands were strong enough to hold him up or not, or whether or not it was in his wrist. Here's the point. Touch your name and say, here's the point. The, the point is, is the book says hands, so we're going to go with hands. Maybe he worked out a lot so his hands were strong enough. Maybe he was doing them things. You know, those hand things. Some of y'all know we got a lot of fitness people in church. Some of y'all know, some of y'all hands, you could, when you be shaking hands, it's like you be putting the punishment on people. God bless you. God, dog. Let's do this to me or something. God bless you, Bishop. Praise the Lord. Do this. Tap your heart. Because I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Watch this. Watch this. Here's what Jesus was doing when they pierced his hands. Whatever we touch now has permission to prosper. In that text, Deuteronomy 30, it means to excel or to remain. Watch this. There's a lot of stuff you set in motion in 2016. And God says, I'm going to allow it to excel and to remain. Because when they pierced my hands, 
they were now redeeming and reversing the curse that what you set your hands to wouldn't do well. Listen to me, church. The reason you needed to pay the price of setting things in motion this year was because once you step into 17, that motion is going to manifest for you. You thought you were wasting time planning. No, you weren't. I'm talking to somebody. You thought you were wasting time writing it out. No, you weren't. I'm talking to somebody. You thought you were wasting time doing what you were doing. Say, I wasn't wasting time. I was setting it into motion. Then they pierced his feet. Psalm 37, 23. And the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Joshua went through every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given to you. Here's what he says. Everywhere you step, I bought it. Watch this. That's why fear isn't worth it. Because what are you trying to say? Because God says, you've had to walk through some stuff this year that you've never walked through before. You have to walk through some territory emotionally you've never walked before. You have to walk through some experiences you've never walked before. And he said, watch this, just like when they pierced my feet, I was buying you the ability to wherever you stepped, you would prosper, conquer, and succeed. Check it out. This year, you have to take some steps into some places that seemingly cut your feet. What does that mean? You experience some failure that seemingly messed up your walk. Okay, you're not getting it. You experience some setbacks that messed up your walk. You experience some disappointments that messed up. Who am I preaching to? You were like, God, I was doing good. Then something happened and it messed up your walk. You were doing good praying, but it messed up your walk. You were doing good worshiping, but it messed up your walk. But he said, wherever you shed your blood, you were redeeming it and reversing it. Then they pierced his side. Say his side. John 19, 34. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. And immediately, blood and water came out. Internal bleeding, they tell me in the medical profession, is more dangerous than external bleeding. Because when you're bleeding internally, you may not even be aware of it. And you can hemorrhage and bleed out. Watch this. When they pierced his side, it represented, watch this, issues of the heart. More specifically, emotional issues. Say emotional issues. Watch this. Watch this. I'm about done. Watch this. Watch this. When they pierced his side, he was saying, you're going to go through some emotional stuff. And it's going to hurt like Hades. It's Christmas. Fifth Sunday, though, come January. It's going to hurt you. And it's going to hurt you deeply. And it's going to bleed internally. And you'll call yourself missing folk that truth be told ain't thinking about you. Okay. Y'all, 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 you're not here. He said, he said, he said they're going to pierce me in my side. And blood's going to come out. But interestingly enough, water's going to come out. Now, I could take you several levels of depth and revelation there because the water is significant because our bodies are made up of predominantly water, which speaks to a very prevalent health issue because most of the issues you have health-wise are simply because you don't drink enough water. But I'm not going to that level of revelation. But uh, blood and water. Say blood and water. Say blood and water. Say it again. Blood and water. Water, blood. 
both. Why'd they both come out of the same place? They both came out of the same place because God was communicating to you and I that the stuff that hurts you is the stuff that will cleanse you. Okay, let me come over here. Let's be honest. The emotional stuff you dealt with this year, it dug up stuff from decades ago. It dug up stuff from years ago. It's some stuff from your childhood, some stuff from when you were a teenager, that this year that stuff got dug up. And God says it's bloody, but it's also going to be some water. It's going to hurt, but it's going to help. It's going to create pain, but it's also going to cleanse. Say, I needed that to happen. See, because you thought you were over what your daddy did until this year taught you you weren't. You thought you were over what your mama did until this year taught you you weren't. You thought you were over what that person in that relationship did to you until this year taught you you weren't. You thought you'd conquer those rejection issues until this year it taught you you hadn't. Who am I preaching to? You thought you were over those abandonment issues and this year taught you you weren't. But thanks be to God. Because every place his blood was shed, he was redeeming it and reversing it. And this year, wherever you've been pierced, God says, I was redeeming it and reversing it. Shout, it was good for me. I got finished. I got quit. Uh, he said, I need you to get healed. That's some deep stuff. So I cut you. I cut you, blood and water came out. Same time, from the same place. Look back over this year. Your greatest progress came from where you were pierced. Do you notice how spiritual you got when you were pierced? Do you notice how you started listening to them messages? I've been telling you to get the messages all year. But when you got pierced, all of a sudden you went into that bookstore like, give me that one, give me that one, give me that one, give me that one. Give me that whole row. Because your greatest progress came from where you were pierced this year. And where he shed his blood, he was redeeming it and reversing it. Where you were broken and bloody this year, you were reversing it and redeeming it. So the next time rejection shows up, you're going to look at it and say, Really? I did you in 16. Move over. This is 17. What seven? Seven is completion. It is shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking. All is well. So here it is. Since you already bought it, we checked the receipts. You've been through those places this year. Anybody? Did I preach to anybody? Did, it, did I come down anybody's row? If I didn't, then you probably still bleeding inside. You might as well get healed today. We got some good water. See, I'm getting healed today. See, watch this. This ain't just Jesus' birthday. We're going to call this your birthday. Bishop, why? Because you're birthing into the evolutionary that he created you to be. Because watch this. Most people get stuck where they're pierced. Except you. It would have been convenient for Jesus to say, I'm hurting. I'm in pain. All them jokers I paid for for three and a half years. Now, one of them's here except John. Where's Peter? 
Peter want to do it. Oh, Bishop, I'm with you. Oh, oh, I'm talking about Jesus. Excuse me. I get to make it personal. <laughs> Jesus, I'm, Jesus, I'm with you to the end. I'm your, like Chucky, I'm your friend to the end, Jesus. Peter gone. Thomas gone. Matthew gone. Now, they want to write books later on, but they gone. John is the only one there with Mary Magdalene and Mary, his mama. They're the only ones there. His brothers ain't even there. Pay attention to who's with you when you're on the cross. Those are the kind of people you don't play lightly with him. If they can stick with you when you're hanging on that cross, you better do whatever you got to do to value people like that. He's hanging. He's looking around and he says, where is everybody? This is it. I healed all these people. And this is it. Most folk would get stuck. But Jesus said, but this is my evolutionary moment. Because I'm going to take all of what I've been through. Watch this. And for a few days, you're going to think I'm down and out. But that's because there's something happening on the inside of me that's evolving me into a better me that's evolving me into a wiser me that's evolving me into a smarter me that's evolving me into a greater me and in three days you remember me when I was a baby you remember me when I was a child you remember me when I was a teenager but I'm a grown man now and in three days would you high five your neighbor and say I'm grown now it is it is here it is. Say he evolved. Now, I don't have time to finish this. 9.15, I went somewhere else. 11.15, I went somewhere else. So here's my challenge to you. I want to challenge you this Wednesday. I'm going to finish the convergence of these two messages on Wednesday. It's the last Wednesday of the year. Saturday, I want to challenge you to be at church as we go out for invites on Sunday. Or Saturday, excuse me. To use the last Saturday of the year to use your life to change the lives of somebody else. Sunday is the first Sunday of a new year. Now, here's the deal. Here's my challenge to you. Here's my challenge to you. In Wednesday with God, put God first on Saturday and start the year with God. Now, let me tell you why this is so important. The way you end something is the way you begin something. And if you end this year sloppy, and half put together, you're going to spend the first part of 17 sloppy and half put together. And hear me, you don't have time for that. Say, I don't have time for that. Because things are going to move so quickly. Hear me. Hear me. Things are going to move so quickly for you in 2017. It's going to be boom. And while you're saying thank you for that, it's going to be boom. And while you're saying thank you for that, it's going to be, oh, I got something else. Boom. And we still on next Sunday. And, and while you're saying thank you for that, it's going to be boom. And while you're saying thank you for that, it's going to be boom. And then while you're saying thank you for that, it's going to be boom, boom. And then while you're saying thank you for that, it's going to be boom, boom, boom. And while you're saying thank you for that, it's going to be boom, 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 boom. Because God says, you pay the price. And seven is your payback time. I'm out of time, but is there anybody that will give God praise in advance for your payback time? Baby, I'm stepping in the seven, and it's payback time. Holla, it's payback time. I'm out of time today.
Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.